Blog Talk Radio. At the National Archives and Beyond, Blog Talk Radio. This is the guest host, Natan Elaine Kemp, substituting for Bernice Alexander Bennett. I want to welcome all callers and chatters to research at the National Archives and Beyond. This show will provide individuals interested in genealogy an opportunity to listen, learn, and take action. You can join this show every Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, where Bernice Bennett will have a wonderful lineup of experts who will share resources, stories, and answer your burning genealogy questions. All of Bernice's guests share a deep passion and knowledge of genealogy and history. If you have logged in as a guest and wish to participate in the chat, you can sign in through your Facebook account or Blog Talk Radio. For those of you who are on the chat, I've already posted a notice that I am acting as Bernice tonight, so you won't see my name. You will see Bernice Bennett's name in the chat room, and that is me. I will also open the lines in the second half of the show so you can ask questions of our guests. You can also continue the discussion from this show on Afrogenius.com following tonight's show by adding comments and genealogical stories. All African Americans are listed by name in the United States Census for the first time in 1870. Before 1870, if you are fortunate, your African American ancestors, typically male ancestors, may be documented in a state census or voter registration or tax records. Maybe you have an ancestor who fought in the Civil War. Or maybe your ancestors are documented among the records of the Bureau of Refugees, Freemen, and Abandoned Lands, commonly called the Freemen's Bureau, established in the southern states as part of Reconstruction after the Civil War. For many African Americans, they hit a brick wall when attempting to trace and document their ancestors before 1865. Where does one begin? How does one trace enslaved ancestors? If you have ancestors from Edgefield County, South Carolina, there is hope, thanks to our guests tonight. Let me give a warm welcome to Gloria Ramsey Lucas, to research at the National Archives and beyond. 
Gloria, are you there? I'm here and very happy to be communicating with other researchers. And we are so happy to have you here on our program tonight. Before we delve into your book, Slave Records of Edgefield County, South Carolina, I know our listeners and chatters will be interested in learning about your background with genealogy. What have you done in uh, in researching either your family or researching different localities in Georgia? Well, I started with the census. Certainly that was a great source. And uh, when I lived in, on the East Coast, I went to the National Archives. And, of course, we're gifted to have a, a branch of the archives now in Georgia. But I made many trips to Washington, D.C., looking for stories about my ancestors. Then I was only researching in Georgia because both of my parents were born in Georgia, and I had no knowledge of anyone being born in South Carolina. That came as news to me (laughs) as I continued my research. Well, let me ask you this. Who was Hampton Roney? Hampton Roney was my great-great-grandfather. He died. I think my mother never met him. She was born after he had already deceased. And uh, her his daughter raised my mother. I did not know his name. I knew her name. It was Anna Roney before she married. And I was trying to find out who her father was. And that's how I came up with Hampton Roney's name. And where did you find his name listed? In the census. He was listed in the census in 1870, living in Georgia. And it also says he was born in Georgia. Occasionally there are errors, you know, so you have to think wide. You know, and don't believe everything you read. Correct. Uh, even in the census, there can be mistakes. He was actually born on a plantation in South Carolina. And the only way I was able to find him later was through the Freedmen's Bank records. His sister who had opened, an account? Who had an account with the Freedman Bank? His sister opened an account, and she could not. She was illiterate. So in order to uh, prove it was her account, she named everyone in her family, including her brother Hampton. And that was a real boom for me. Uh, Where was was Sylvia living at the time that she opened that account with the Freedman Bank? uh, She was living across the river in uh, Redstone. Then called, um, oh gosh, I can't think of the name of it now. Hamburg, South Carolina. In, in South Carolina. So right. about the time she opened the bank account, Hampton was in Georgia, but she was in South Carolina. Right. Did they have any other siblings? Oh yes, they had other siblings. She named she named her brothers Peter, Caesar. 
and sisters Kansas, Charlotte, and Evie. And she named her she named her grandmother, her grandfather. Of course, her, her parents were named also. And that was a real boon for me. You know, she Sounds gave me like it. two generations there. She also mentioned cousins and uncle and uncle as well. Wow. Someone who was illiterate, she knew about her family, though, which was wonderful. A gold mine for you. So once you found that record and you knew that she was living in South Carolina, what steps did you take next to learn more about your ancestor, Hampton? To go to South Carolina, all right, across the river, you know, to uh, Edgefield. I headed there. I first went to the um, Genealogical Society. I became a member there, and I found as much as I could there. But once I found out there was an archives in South Carolina, in Edgefield, I headed there. And the archives is unusually has original records dating back to the late 1700s. Wow. I just want to backtrack. You mentioned that Sylvia was in Hamburg. What brought you specifically to Edgefield County? Because she was in Hamburg. Yeah. Well, Hamburg no longer existed, number one. Okay. It, It didn't exist at that time. So I went to like a center, right? Uh. In the census, the two brothers, uh, Caesar and Peter, they stayed in Edgefield, and they do appear in the census in Edgefield in 1870. And I found them there, and they were still living with the former slave owner. Wow. So, yeah, I was very lucky in that. Had they not been there, I might have run into a brick wall myself, right? (laughs) But they stayed, and they continued to work for that former slave owner. So So, that gave me the name of the the, uh, family that owned them. So what did you do next then with that information? Uh, let's see. I think the the there was someone living in Edgefield by that name. His name is Bettis Ransford, and he is a historian. And I got an opportunity to meet him. He was very forthcoming, and I told him who I was and what information I was seeking. That my ancestors had been owned by his ancestors, and he shared what he could with me. And what did he share with you in particular? Well, well, he he had uh, some records from his ancestor um, that named particular slaves, 
but um, that came much later, quite by accident. Uh, a person in Richmond, Virginia, at an auction, purchased a old medical book, and you know, thumbed through the first few pages, put it down, and then later made a more thorough examination of the book. And at the back of the book, on you know, back in the old days, they always had blank pages at the back of books. And the Ransford slave owner had kept records of his family and his slave family in the back of that book. And she, the person who purchased it called Edgefield to see if uh, anyone by that name still lived there. And, of course, Bettis Ransford certainly does live there. And he purchased the book, and it was transcribed by the archivist uh, in, in Edgefield at the time. And to my good luck, Hampton's name was there with his mother, and wow. his actual birth date is given in the document. So I, I was pretty lucky to find You indeed that. were. How far back have you been able to trace that particular line? Well, I'm kind of, uh, you know, I've been doing this for quite a long time now, and so I know not to stop at a point but to try to go back a little further. Yeah. I found they were owned by another family uh, in going through the records in the Edgefield archives. And uh, that family, I had to do research on them. Uh, The Genealogical Society had some information on this family, and they were from Virginia, but it didn't say where they were from in Virginia. So you can imagine what my next move was. To go to Richmond, Virginia. All right. They have a wonderful library there. And my job was to try to find out where did this family come from in Virginia. And there are people who are very helpful at the library. And, you know, I just did a little research on my own looking for the names and found where they came from. And I also found some documents that name at least one of the ancestors in the late 1700s in Virginia. Wow. That is impressive to be able to do that. Well, if you're going to do this, you have to keep turning over every rock you can't, Absolutely. can't stop. Yeah. You have to look at, at uh, the slave owner's records, read them carefully, and you might be lucky and find some very interesting information. Uh, one so, of the things that the um, Genealogical Society has also 
are the church records. And inasmuch as the slaves went to church with their masters, uh, those are something that you should always look at, too. I looked at the church records of the area where the Ransfords went to church and found some of my ancestors as servants going to church with their masters. And this is something you want to see in writing. That's an excellent suggestion. Yeah, you can place them, you know, in another time. So based on the success you had in finding your ancestors, you recognize, I believe, the value of the records at the archives in Edgefield County. Would you please describe for our listeners the type of records that you looked at while you were tracing your family? Probate records and uh, all the records that were there, I looked at everything. Everything that they had, I looked at. And you have to do that. I mean, it's it's a little tedious. Uh, my, my ancestor left, you know, and went to Georgia. So there are no land records for me to look at. But there are land records for others who remain there. So the land records are important to look at, too. Another excellent suggestion. So based on your experience with searching your family and going to the archives in Edgefield County and recognizing the wealth of records that are housed there, what did you decide to do? Well, I thought everybody should be able to, to see these records and I thought, well, you know, maybe it'll take me a few months to to abstract some of them and, you know, share it with other researchers. They they everyone can't get to Edgefield the way I could, you know, I had plenty of time. I was retired and I had a car and I knew how to get there. So I started abstracting and thinking it wouldn't take too long. And it did. It took six years. Six years? Yes. Now, this is from deed books, from the probate records, everything that's housed there. I used all of those. And I also used the um, uh, Columbia, in Columbia, the archives in Columbia. But most of the information I found right in Edgefield, they're unique in that way. Of course, you may go to another county, and you may not find those kind of records. They may not be original, but there will be some records, and you just need to look at everything. So just so our our listeners are aware, I believe you mentioned in the foreword of your book that the records that you looked at in Edgefield were ranged from 1785 to 1865? Right, right, right up to the end of the war, right? Yes. Wow. 
So let me ask you, in, in this task, you did this on your own. Did you have any assistance? Yeah, I had quite a bit of assistance, really. Uh, the archivist, um, both of them, um, Teresa Harvey and um, Tricia Glenn, very helpful indeed. And some of uh, my friends, you know, they didn't have my kind of tenaciousness. You know, I was going to get <laughs> it done. Uh, you know, so they came a while, you know, and they peter out, you know, but I appreciate it all the help I could, I got. And I can say that everyone who has ancestors from Edgefield County are also grateful to them as well. Well, let me ask you, Gloria, how is your book organized? Well, it's organized uh, alphabetically by the slave owner because this is where you're going to find the information. Many of the slaves had this same names, you know, these names were given to them, and they're very common names. If, but if you follow the, the deceased ancestor, he had to, they, the law was, they had to um, have a, um, know everything that the, the deceased person owned. They inventoried everything, and the slaves were included in that inventory by name, sometimes by age, and usually with the value to them. So this is what would help you in trying to find your ancestor if you have an idea. Sometimes their last name will be the same as the slave owner, my ancestor, I was very lucky. They changed their name, but but still continued to work for the former slave owner. So I was able to make the link. But their name, I don't know where they got the name from. They just chose a name, and that That's happened. Still a mystery. Sometimes. Yeah. Well, for those who are not familiar with your book, I wanted to at least explain to them more about how your book is organized. You mentioned that you have the you have columns, yes. and you have slave name and then description. The slave names and descriptions, as much as the records revealed. Now, sometimes it will only be the name and that they were Negro. Sometimes. If you're lucky, and you're, it's your ancestor, sometimes they give ages, and certainly they do give a lot of uh, relationships, mothers and children, fathers. For example, with my family, uh, in, in uh, the uh, Freedmen's Bank records, she named her father and mother, and in the slave records of the deceased owner, they also have a family grouping of big, let's say, big Jenkins and little Jenkins. So that implies a father 
and a son. And often you will see the same name twice, and they might call it Little Jenkins. All right? Then the owner, and the descript- after the description, the deceased owner and the new owner. And let me just when, stop you there for a moment. So for yes. people who haven't seen your book yet, when you say it's alphabetized by the owner, you mean the deceased owner or the previous, Correct. The, the outgoing yes. owner. I'm not sure how to say this. It's not alphabetized by the new owner. No. no. Okay. The book would have been 4,000 pages if we tried to do that. All right. Yes. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, the idea was to try to keep it, you know, down to a reasonable size. And the best way to do it would be to alphabetize by the the deceased owner, the original owner. Correct. And then the new owner, so you'll know to whom the slave was given or sold to. And when this happened and the value of the slave at that time if it's given and then the last column is where you can see that information for yourself basically a, a source citation yes and let me ask you I, how many names are listed approximately per page oh I have oh page I never Oh, I can't. I haven't even thought about that. Yeah. I think I would, someone said there were maybe a hundred, roughly a hundred or so names, slave names least, per page. Yes, I would say so. Mm-hmm. And it's about four hundred pages, over four hundred pages. Your book. Yes, it's four hundred. I couldn't get it any less than that. I used as many abbreviations as possible, but. I couldn't make it less. And it's not that. I just, again, for those who are not familiar with your book, I wanted to give them um, a good description so they understand how your book is organized. Also, uh, your book does not have an index, correct? No, it is not indexed. So, again, for people who have not seen your book yet, I'm just trying to make them aware about how your book is organized. Let me ask you, if someone plans to consult your book to search for their enslaved ancestors, what steps, if any, should the researcher take in advance before going to your book? Well, try to find out the area that they came from. Uh, they, sometimes people are aware of who the slave owner was. Sometimes there's a a relationship uh, between the slave owner and your ancestor. So once you find out the name of the person, you want to investigate that family. Who was in it? Who was the main person, you know, the uh, slave owner? Who were his children? Because... The slaves were usually deeded or or given to the children in a will. So you need to know as much about that family as possible. 
who were their children, who was the wife, if you can. Sometimes you don't know who the wife is, but they just say the wife, you know, with no name. But find out as much information as you can about that family. You know, the uh, Genealogical Society in Edgefield has many family records and church records. Those you need to look at. You have to do research. You can't make assumptions. You want to prove what you have in your records. So you need to uh, talk to the archivist in uh, the archives, and you also need to talk to um, the person who's in charge of the uh, genealogical society and ask questions. Tell them what you're looking for, and they can usually lead you in the right direction. Now, you can see um, prior to 1865, you can see slave records. There were a couple of years where they had slave records where they were not named, but they do give ages or a range of ages and sex, whether they're males or females. Uh, That's something you can look at and try to match. The slave schedules from the 1850 and 1860 census? Mm -hmm. And, of course, uh, you cannot assume that everyone was a slave. There were free people, and your people may have, unless you know that they were slaves. Look, prior to uh, 1860, uh, 1870, Look for them in 1860. They may have been free earlier. So you look for them in earlier years, 1850 and 1860. Um, I think I sent something to you uh, at one time about free people of color in Edgefield. Yes, you did. Yeah, which really surprised me. You know, I didn't know what their life could have been like there, you know. But there were some free people there. Well, Gloria, if you don't mind, we'll take a a break. And we'll return in about one minute on the show. Okay.
Welcome back to Research at the National Archives and Beyond, Blog Talk Radio. This is the guest host, Natani Lane Kemp, and you are listening to Gloria Ramsey Lucas. If you would like to ask a question or make a comment, please call 646-200-0491 and press 1 to speak to the host. I invite our listeners to share your stories. Have you found your ancestors listed in Gloria's book? Gloria, are you still with me? Yes, I'm here. So please continue about uh, suggestions you have for individuals um, before they consult your book. Any additional suggestions? Um, Well, of course, when you start your research, please take advantage of any elders who are near you or that you can talk to because they may have information that no one else has. So whoever the elders are in your family, you should try to get as much information as you can from them. Sometimes they know stories that no one else knows. I strongly suggest that you take a picture of a family picture of some kind to stimulate their memory and let them just talk. Um, They'll tell you things that nobody else can. I used, uh, I had an aunt that lived to be not part of my Edgefield family. She was part of my father's family. And I took a, you know, a voice-activated recorder when I talked to her because she had so much information in her head. Now, I couldn't write that fast unless I took shorthand. (laughs) Right, and I didn't want to miss anything. I recorded much of her information. She's deceased now, but um, she was very helpful to me in researching my father's side of the family. Another wonderful suggestion. Well, there are at least two people who uh, are on the line, on hold, so I'm going to ask the caller, area code 301, welcome to Research at the National Archives and Beyond. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Can you hear me? Yes. Hi, Bernice. Hi, Nathan. Hello, Mrs. Lucas. How are you tonight? Hi. I'm just fine, thank you. How are you? Oh, just fine. Well, you know, I refer to your book as The Labor of Love. Because you you did something that really opened up the research world for a lot of us who have ancestors from Edgefield, South Carolina. You know, when I looked at your book, my first reaction was actually sorrow because I was confronted with the fact that these enslaved individuals were counted as someone's property, and to see so many names in this book was was really sad, but it was also a reality. It was a big, big reality uh, that I had to face, and, you know, I just could not imagine finding my ancestors in that book, and indeed, on page 217, there they were. 
And so I think that you have done uh, excellent service for all of us. And this is something that, you know, I'm hoping that others will really take advantage of what you have done and take the time to do the research so that they can get back to a period in time where they could look at the names, know the names, and start looking for them in your book. Wonderful. So thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. Yes, I also just want to give a a shout-out because I'm here in Birmingham, Alabama, attending the Sanford Institute of Genealogy and Historical Research. And the course that I'm taking uh, is entitled Researching African-American Ancestors. So it's, it's very timely that I will be studying this and also listening to you as you describe the work that you've done in Edgeville. And six years is a lot of time, but it certainly has taken many years off of the people who will be doing research simply because you've provided uh, this excellent example to us of what someone can do. So thank you, and thank you, Natan. Thank you, Bernice. I believe we have someone else on hold who would like to make a comment or ask a question. I'm going to ask area code 111, welcome to research at the National Archives and beyond. Hello. Hello. Um, Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Oh, it's area code 215. It came up strange. (laughs) Yes, it sure did. (laughs) (laughs) I want to thank you for your work, and I want to thank um, uh, Gloria, what is her last name, uh, for her research. Yes, Gloria Ramsey Lucas. Yes, Mrs. Lucas, thank you for your research. Um, I'm continuing my mother's work. She um, she did the family research, and what I'm doing in my retirement project is archiving her paperwork because she's um, 88 now. And um, so I have to drain everything out of her brain while she's still with us. And um, nice. and in her notes, she went to she did her same steps. She went to the archives in South Carolina. And she went to Newberry and Greenwood. And in her note, she was going to go to Edgefield. So I'm going to have to go to Edgefield. But one of the things I wanted to ask you, I see on the website, because the counties were divided, that's what Mom said. We were. It's only about 20 uh, minutes to the Georgia border, um, the Edgefield County. Where did you get this map from I see on the website? Um, old Edgefield District. Where I is it? Anywhere we can get that? Um, yeah, it says Edgefield boundaries. I'm looking at this map. It's on the uh, they, inside they front page of your book, for, Gloria. They have maps for sale at uh, at the um, um, genealogical society um, of Edgefield. Yes. Okay. Well, I met Bernice, and she said I need to get down there to Edgefield, so I'm definitely going to get down there, and thanks again for your work. And my other question is, you start talking about a second family. What was your second family that you went to, uh, that you ended up going to Richmond to research, that originally owned your family? 
well, I I think I was three quarters of the way through the book, and I had not noticed. But uh, a lot of times, because I was using a computer, mm-hmm. something would go offline, and I would have to go back and do the whole thing again, mm-hmm. and go through again. And when I went through it, probably the fourth time, I ran across the family names of my ancestors with another owner, Mm -hmm. all right? And that owner was was, uh, Mays, M-A-Y-S. And so now I had to do the same kind of thing that I did with the Ransfords. I wanted to know all about the Mays. Mm -hmm. And the Mays' wife was married. She was... her maiden name is mentioned in some of the papers that I looked in. Mm-hmm. And I went to research in Richmond. Her maiden name, she had parents who were there. And and uh, one of the documents said that she they were supposed to get slaves from her mother's will. Mm-hmm. So I had to try to find that. And mm-hmm. that was in Richmond, Virginia. Okay. At the library, the state library. And now it's part of, Edge, it's in the Edgefield um, Genealogical Society because what I found, I shared with them and put it in their collection for that family. Mm-hmm. So that when you're researching the Mays family, uh, you can see all the information that they have on the Mays in Richmond as well as Edgefield. All right. Well, thank you for your work because, you know, we have so many similarities. We've been up in Philadelphia since um, 1917, so, you know, I'm going to have to get back there like Mom had to go back there and do the research because it was the exact same thing. We were owned by the Floyds, and Mom got the paperwork and the bill of sale, and we were sold to the Tribble, so we did Many families did have two owners. Right, well, thank, right. Well, thank you so I much for I your call. I hope I some help to you. Okay. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Um, before I go to another caller, I believe there's a question that is coming out of the chat, and someone wants to know, Gloria, if you found any free people of color in your research while you were compiling and going through the records uh, at the Edgefield Archives. Not in Edgefield, no. No, they. I found them as slaves going back to the late 1790s. They were owned. I, I found no free people of my own family. Not, not, not uh, my mother's side of the family. No. Okay. Beyond your immediate family, did you find while going through the records? I think we mentioned this earlier. Um, there were free people of color in Edgefield, and you talked about you wonder what life was like for them. <laughs> so you did. I oh yeah, I your research what it was like. I I I just uh, ran across a will, and uh, I was sorting um, the records that I used in my research were not in um, order. They were in non-archival things, and so after I was all finished with the book, my next project was to get them in order, 
and in going through them, I ran across a will from a free person in, of color who was in Edgefield, and I was like, wow. I didn't know there were any free people. I knew there were many, many slaves, but I was not aware that there were any free people. And he did not remain in Edgefield. He did move to Georgia, and I followed his trail from Edgefield. His daughter was still living in Edgefield when she wrote the will, and she mentioned her father. Wow. did they own land, this family? No, the land okay. was in Georgia. I wasn't aware of them owning land in Edgefield. Edgefield. The land was in Augusta. I'm not sure if this point was made clear, but what's the approximate distance of Edgefield County, South Carolina, from Augusta, Georgia? About 45 miles. Okay, so it's they're relatively close. Oh yeah, a lot of people may not be familiar with the geography, so I just wanted to um, mention that. Let me again invite our listeners to share your stories. Have you found your ancestors listed in Gloria's book? And if you would like to ask a question or make a comment, please call six four six two hundred zero four nine one and press one to speak to the host. Well, Gloria, have you received? feedback from individuals who've consulted your book? Telling oh, yes. Yes, all the time, right. Um, most positive, you know. You know, I was very fortunate, you know, the records that on my family, everyone cannot be that fortunate. Uh, sometimes even the bank records, the Freedmen's Bank records, Sometimes all it gave was a name and then a count number and no other information. Now, that all, all that does for you is tell you where your ancestor was at that time, but it doesn't give you any information. You, you have to be a little lucky. All right, I was lucky that uh, Sylvia told her whole family, even who her husband was, you know, and who her late husband was, and she named dead children. You know, she she was amazing as far as that. Love people like that. (laughs) 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 Who give you everything. Well, we have another caller on hold who would like to speak with you. Area code 314, welcome to Research at the National Archives and Beyond. Do you have a question or comment for Gloria? Yes, my name is Cynthia, and Gloria helped find my family, the Vance. Remember the Vance, Gloria? Yes. Okay, I'm still looking for them. Can't find them. Can't find them. They have a way of disappearing, but don't give up. Well, I know it's in your book. It's in your book on page 79. Have you been to Yes, and you have it under Calhoun. And I was just, I almost jumped out of my chair because I said, Calhoun, I thought it was a Vance. And I said, well, I guess they weren't owned by Vance, and they were bought by uh, Abram. I think his name was Jones. I'm not you sure. Know, right. Go ahead. You, you no, know, you have to investigate the families 
that were involved in the transactions to see if they're related? Because often they are related. Well, you couldn't find the records, and Tanya couldn't find the records, but it popped up Mm -hmm. in your book, so I know they are in the records. But what I want to share with everybody is you have said to check everything. I have checked, and I went on sites, and I have posted, and I want to let everybody know I have a 102-year-old cousin still living, living in New Jersey. Wow. And I'm I'm just... I just cannot believe this lady is still living. This is one of the children of my great-great-grandmother, Adelaide Vance. Wow, And her father father was Adelaide's son. She only Mm -hmm. had two sons. So come October, I got to go see Miss Annie. Are you waiting until October? Oh, yes, ma'am. I go have, now. I, I got to wait. I got to wait because see, ancestors have told me not yet. I have to do what yeah. they tell me. Oh. If you don't do what they tell you, you get in trouble. I see. I see. Uh huh. So they told me October. When I go, I'm going to take this book up there. I'm saying, Miss Annie, look. She told me your grand your grandmother was sold for four thousand dollars. $4,000, but Miss Annie, that was not $4,000 in USA. That was $4,000 in Confederate money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I said, now, nah, I thought we was big time. I said, but that was money they couldn't even spend. So I really, oh, really want to thank you for putting it in your book. Okay. And for people who who think it's easy to find this information, you must, you must do your work. You must do your homework. Because you can't find it if you don't do the homework. That That is true, Cynthia, and I want to thank you for calling in with your comments. Okay, thank you, and goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, Mrs. Lucas, someone has posted in the chat regarding free people of color in mm-hmm. Edgefield. I believe it's Harris Bailey, and he said that uh, there were about 175 free people of color in Edgefield mm. County. Another mm-hmm. question that is coming out of the chat is, uh, what can we do if we find an ancestor listed in the in your slave book? In my book? Yes. I, I, I would say you want to investigate who owned them. You want to do a thorough investigation of that family as much as you can find out about them, where they went to church, Look at the church records and see if you find your your ancestors in the church records as well. Uh, the deed books are a good source also, although I used them as much as I could, but I couldn't possibly have found every item. You know, it it could be that slaves were mentioned along with the land transaction, and I might have missed it, you know. Uh, I have not read every will that's out there. You know, there are there are will books that you can look at, too. You have to make a thorough investigation of the family who are said to have owned your ancestor. Okay? Now, regarding, yes, now, in your book, you have a reference. So if someone believes they found their ancestor in your book, they mm-hmm. should they can order that document 
And is are these records usually at the Edgefield Archives or at the they, Archives at, in Columbia? They, they would be at the Edgefield Archives, unless otherwise mentioned. There might have been one or two. I didn't find that much at uh, most of the things are at the Edgefield Archives. Great. Unless it indicates otherwise. We have another caller on hold, so I'm going to invite that person in. Area code 301, welcome to research at the National Archives and beyond. Do you have a question or comment for Gloria? Uh, Yes. Hello, Natan. This is Ellen Butler. Hi, Ellen. Hi, how are you? And hello, Ms. Lucas, how are you? Fine, thank you. Yes, uh, Ms. Lucas, I just called. I wanted to thank you so much for the book. This book has been a lifesaver for me. I have been researching the Butler family for over 15 years, looking for my ancestors, who were John Butler and Wesley Butler, and I've just been combing through Butler records. Well, thanks to your book, I was able to find my family. They're listed on page 310, and they are not listed as Butlers. They were actually owned by the Phillips family. Mm-hmm. And I was just so excited to find them because I just happened to ran I was randomly looking through the book and I found my great grandfather my great great grandfather, his mother and his three siblings all listed in a will dated eighteen sixty one. And that provided some information that answered a couple of other questions because um they were deeded to from the Phillips to a Hamilton family and we had mm-hmm. always been told that we were connected to the Hamiltons, but nobody knew how. So that gave me the answer uh, to that question. And, I, again, I just wanted to thank you because the book has just been a lifesaver for me. And I oh, really I appreciate all the work that you have put into it and that hopefully it will be, you know, of great assistance to other people. Okay, thank you very thank, much. Thank you. Ellen, bye-bye. Ellen, I want to ask you a question. Oh, Ellen. yes, ma'am. Your ancestors that you found in the book, were they listed individually, line by line, or were they clustered together? They were clustered together. And when I saw that, I actually screamed Mm. because I actually had expected them to be listed line by line, but they were listed Charlotte, Wesley, Sam, Hannah, and Alfred, Mm. Um, uh, female mother and and three children. No, No, four children. Let me ask you, yes. that clustering, all those names, did you know that from the 1870 census or for some other record? Yes, I knew that from uh, from the the census and from oral history because uh, oh, I, I, right. I already had all the names, and the listing in the book matched up exactly to the family book that we had already done. Yeah. And, and the other good thing about after finding the information in Ms. Lucas's book, I actually found, well, I actually ordered the, a copy of the will from uh, Tricia Glenn at the archives. Oh, wonderful. And it provided some more information, uh, you know, giving me the the person that, okay, I think it was Elizabeth Hamilton, told me who her mm-hmm. husband was. So I was able to do some research on the Hamilton family. And I was also able to even, in Miss Lucas's book, there is also an entry of a will dated 1860, I'm sorry, 1839. 
and I found my ancestors there. So that I have found my third great grandmother, thanks to the book. Wonderful. Yes, and getting a copy of the will provided information that helped me. Based on all history, we were told that our family was well. They lived on a John Dorn plantation, but of, of course, I couldn't find them under John Dorn in the book. I couldn't find them under Butler's. But I found out that John Dorn was the executor of the will of Elizabeth Hamilton. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I, I just, uh, you know, surmising that he had the slaves in his possession at some point. But I was just so excited, thrilled with the Wonderful. information in the book. Well, I like hearing that, of course. Oh, um, <laughs> well. Like I said, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. Mrs. Lucas, if you don't mind, like to take another break? Sure. Okay, thank you. We'll be back in a minute. Beyond Blog Talk Radio. This is the guest host, Natan Elaine Kemp, and you are listening to Gloria Ramsey Lucas. If you would like to ask a question or make a comment, please call 646 200 0491 and press 1 to speak to the host. I invite our listeners to share your stories. Have you found your ancestors listed in Gloria's book? Gloria, I wanted to mention that a couple of questions are coming out of the chat. I know you mm-hmm. do do a lot of work at the Ar- uh, Edgefield Archives, so you may be able to answer this one uh, immediately. What are the hours of the Edgefield Archives? Oh, 8.30, and then uh, they go to lunch at 11.30 to uh, 12.30. So it's closed then. You, have, you can go and have lunch at that time. Then it's open till 4, 4 and, and that's a Monday through Friday? Monday through Friday. So no weekend hours. No weekend hours. Nope, it's a county office and a closed shop, right? No national holidays either. They're pretty (laughs) much closed. So listeners, you've been warned. It's Monday through Friday and no holidays. Uh, Another question is where can someone find, I think you, you mentioned at one point, will books and so someone was asking, where can you find the will books? The will books are at the archives. 
they're indexed by the owner's name, the, the you know the deceased name. There is, that's that's um, uh, in order. You you know you you can find it. Uh, it's indexed. Great. I can say that I have had success as well using your book and researching my ancestors. And I have my ancestors in three transactions in your book. Wonderful. Starting off on page 97, a transaction in the book, and it was from March of 1843. My ancestors are not clustered together as a family. They're listed individually one by one. And I only started recognizing the names because one of my ancestors opened up an account at the Freedman Bank, and he listed his father and uncle and grandmother and all his siblings. And so there was recognition when I saw, yes, lucky, all those names together. And then subsequently in two other transactions, I, the same family are listed in your book. So I'm not sure if you've gotten feedback how many times, how many transactions some people have located their ancestors in your book. Any more than three? Mm. Uh, mine are in there. Uh, well, I never found a connection, really. I don't know how the Ransfords got them <laughs> to begin with. I just know the Ransfords own them. But I was not able to find how they acquired them from the maze. I never found out. And sometimes there's no trans, no 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 document that I was able to find. But you know what? I just want to say to our listeners that when you find information that you think other people can use, try to take the time to record as much as you can. Uh, and so you can share it with others. That's an excellent suggestion. Yeah. It uh, takes a little time. When, uh, if nobody is going to do this for us. We have to do it ourselves. Right? It's not something that interests a lot of people, but it certainly is of interest to us. So we have to do some of the digging and abstracting to share with others. That is true. And you have demonstrated why we need to do this, because so many people have benefited from what you've done. There are some more questions coming out of the chat. One question, are records available in the slave book for other counties other than Edgefield? You would have to go to those counties. You know, Edgefield was very large during slavery time. It's smaller now, but it includes other counties that uh, are not part of Edgefield now. Aiken, Saluda, uh, there are records there from other counties that are no longer part of Edgefield. So it was pretty large back then. Uh, you would have to go to the county and see what they have. Original records, I believe that uh, Edgefield is unique in the fact that they preserve their records. 
so for so long, original records, uh, most places do not hold on to their original records. They have them in books, and you know, every time you copy from some something, it's going to change. And if it's copied three times, it's going to be different by that third time. So finding original records is a bonus if your ancestors are from Edgefield. I don't know where you're going to find those kind of records. I couldn't even tell you where you're going to see original records like that. Another question? Yes. I'm sorry. Another question coming out of the chat. Can someone order a record, and I'm presuming they mean a record that they find reference in your book, through the phone or must all requests for records come via a letter? Um, no, not through the phone. They have to write write a request to the archives. And do you know if the archivist accepts Request via email, or would they have to be by snail mail? No, she she accepts them through email. Definitely. Well, well, um, she doesn't accept them by phone calls. Phone calls, she does not accept. You would have to send it in writing, a request, or email. Great. Let me again encourage. Individuals, if you would like to ask a question or make a comment, please call 646-200-0491 and press 1 to speak to the host. And anyone who would like to share their stories about your success in finding your ancestors in Gloria's book, please let us know. Any more words of wisdom to share with our listeners regarding researching enslaved ancestors based on your experience in compiling your book? Uh, I talk to other people, you know, uh, usually when you're in a research setting, you have to keep your voice down so as not to detract researchers. But if you can quietly talk to other people, you never know. They may know something that you need to know. All right, so share and uh, talk to people. And look that at is a, everything. Look, no, let no paper go unturned, all right? No page. Look at everything. Everything, look at everything. that's available. One impression I have definitely have gotten listening to you is you can't just sit in your pajamas at home, go on the Internet, and expect to find the information you're looking for. I'm afraid not. Would that be wonderful? You know, every time you copy a record, even when it goes on the Internet, every time a record is copied from the original, it's going to change. So you want to get as close to an original document as you can. If you cannot get an original Hopefully, not something that has been copied four four times because it's going to change. You know, it's like when you're a little kid in school and the teacher would whisper something in the ear to the first child and that child was to whisper it to the next one. By the time it got to the other end, it was totally different. 
I'm afraid that happens a great deal in transcribing information, too, when you're copying from an original document. Sometimes it gets changed, slight change, but a change. And if it's copied again, it's going to change again. So try to get as close to original as you can. The Internet is full of stuff that you don't have. They don't give you a source where they get the information so that you can look for yourself. That is true. There are some additional questions coming through the chat. Mm -hmm. One question is, what advice would you give to others who might want to do what you've done in compiling records like the slave records of Edgefield County, South Carolina, if they want to do a similar book in a different community? Um, I would really suggest they try to get as close to the original as they can. No, I've been to other counties and looked at their records. I don't find what I find in Edgefield, not, not original, but they are close to the original. And if you can help, you know, if there are slave records that can be transcribed, you know, or free people of color, list of free people of color, and you can share that with others, you know, transcribe, you know, abstract what you can and share it with others. Um, where there's a central place to do that, I can't really say. There isn't any one. There are many places, you know, because there are a lot of organizations, um, and we're all working for the same goals, but, you know, we're not working as, one. And we need to do more of that. There is another person on hold. I'm going to invite this individual online. Uh, caller from area code 410, welcome to research at the National Archives and Beyond. Do you have a question or comment for Gloria? Yes, I do. Hi, Miss Gloria. How are you tonight? Fine. Good. I have a quick question. Um, I have ancestors who lived in South Carolina. And I was told that because they were slaves, they didn't like their last name, so they changed it. So oh, I yes. don't, I it's don't know common. exactly how to do that research. Um, they changed their name. You you know that. Well, I was told that they did. Um, it's I found my great grandmother's uh, death certificate, mm -hmm. and I found out her mother and father's uh, name. So I think from her mother and father, that's when her father changed their last name. Oh, legally. He or he just changed it. That it I'm legally? not. I don't know. Well, you, that would be a matter of record. You have to ch check in the courthouse near where they lived. Check in the courthouse? Mm-hmm. Don't be okay. afraid to go in the courthouse, all right? Okay. See what records they may have. Tell them what you're looking for, and see okay. if you're in the right place. All right. Oh, okay. Alrighty. But there's maybe sometimes there are um, oral things that you've heard, uh, or someone has heard. Have you talked to the el oldest people in the family? 
Well, yes, I have, but most of, well, just about all of them are deceased right now. Yeah, unfortunately, we sometimes right. don't even start our research until the people who know everything are gone. Well, actually, we we started the research, and then when we asked um, uh, some of the elders, like my grandmother, it was mm-hmm. like they didn't want us to know, but so much information. Yeah, I know they have secrets. Yeah, <laughs> you know, they have secrets, you know, that they don't want to share, you know, and sometimes right. they take them, take it with them. Yeah, right. But I do know that they um, lived in Johnston. Oh. So I mean, there's, yeah. there's just about all the family is right there in Johnston and well, Aiken and Saluda. There, there are records in Edgefield. You should look at them. Okay. How about marriages? You know, sometimes in the marriage records they'll tell you something. Oh, okay. All right. I would check. Johnston is right there. It's Hop, skip, and a jump away from Edgefield. Yeah. So I would check the marriage records, see what you oh, find okay. out. Okay. Alrighty. Okay. Try Thank you back, so much. Backtrack. You're welcome. Thank okay. you for your call. Have a Gloria. We have another question coming out of the chat. How mm-hmm. did you get the historical society to assist with the publication of your book? I asked them to do it. <laughs> I did. I was willing to do the work, but I did not want to handle that. I didn't want to have to be bothered with that part of it. So I asked them, would they do it? And they wanted to. See, folks, it's really simple. (laughs) You probably also established relations with individuals in Edgefield as you were working on this project. Oh, yeah. Yes, very close to Tricia Glenn, the archivist, and Teresa Harvey, who was the archivist when I first started. And that is, I belong to the Historical Society myself. I don't get over there as much as I did, but I certainly spent a lot of time there. <laughs> so and I you do just, know a lot of people, yes. You just identified also the importance of being members of a local historical or genealogical society. Absolutely. They get to know who you are, and when you present a project like you have, they're probably more willing to step forward and help you out. Right. Another yes. question coming out of the chat, I'm not sure if you can answer this, is what is the email address and who should they contact if they want to request records from the Edgefield County Archives? Oops. Oops. You ought to know that better than me, <laughs> because I, I will have there. to. I didn't have to send for anything. Exactly. I will have door. to post that in AfroGenius dot com. Yeah. To provide okay. that information. Right. Yeah, that would be a good idea. Uh-huh. Do you have any uh, closing remarks? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Do you have any closing remarks about? What you've yes. done, encouragement to other people who are researching their ancestors? Yes, I, I, it's so satisfying when you get a feel for what your ancestors lived through, what they survived, how strong they were, and that the families, hopefully many of them, remain together and grew. All right, despite all the uh, 
tough times they went through. Um, they deserve to be recognized. I'm very proud of my ancestor, Hampton Roney, who wanted to be free to register to vote. So he left Edgefield and very early after freedom came. And I have a copy of his voter registration in Richmond County, Georgia. So whether or not he ever voted, I don't know. But I do know that he was able to, as a free man, register to vote in Georgia. And I'm very proud that he was able to do that. And I encourage uh, listeners to try to help others who are not able to get and talk to your elders Talk to as many elders as you can and get as much information as you can while it's available. And I hope to meet some of you in Edgefield sometime. I do get back there sometimes. And I hope to see you later on this year again. I have a few more questions coming out of the chat briefly. Mm -hmm. One question is... Uh, where can someone purchase the slave book, a uh, slave records of Edgefield County, South Carolina well, book? Well, that, you can buy it at the archives. They have copies. They have copies, I believe, at the um, uh, Genealogical Society and the um, Historical Society will have copies available as well. Just get to Edgefield or write to Edgefield. And just for those who may not be aware, in Edgefield, in addition to the Edgefield County Archives with all the wonderful records that Gloria painstakingly reviewed, you also have the Edgefield Historical Society and you have the Old Edgefield District uh, District Genealogical Society and a subgroup called the Old Edgefield District African American Genealogical Society. So if you are researching in Edgefield County, there are multiple resources And I'm just going to check. I'm I'm not sure if we have an additional caller, but I want to make sure before we close. Area code 301, do you have a question or comment for Gloria? Okay, Um, that caller is not on the line. Gloria, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to share your experience with our listeners about the information you were able to compile in your book, The Slave Records of Edgefield County, South Carolina. And after listening to you tonight, I know others around the country are inspired to do what you did and work together to compile such uh, a book. Next week, June 21st, Bernice Bennett returns with three guests, Angela Walton-Raji, Andrea Kelleher, and Melvin Collier to discuss sharing your genealogy research through blogging. I'm looking forward to this show, and I suspect you are as well. Don't forget to tune into the African Roots podcast tomorrow morning with Angela Walton Raji. Remember, your ancestors left footprints. Therefore, you should follow the clues that are presented to you through oral history, family records, research at the National Archives and beyond. 
Remember, this discussion will continue on AfroGenius.com. Thank you for joining the research at the National Archives and Beyond. This is your guest host, Natan Elaine Kemp. Good night, and please join Bernice next week. Thank you once again, Gloria, and good night. Thank you. Good night.